Welcome to the Building Healthy Organizations podcast. We understand how the human brain works and how that impacts behavior in the workplace. I'm glad you joined us today for our continued journey to understand how to build a healthy organization. So, the Great Resignation. Numbers are mixed about this, but it looks like about 15 million people have resigned their jobs since April of 2021. Surveys point to about 50% of the U.S. workforce either changing jobs or seriously considering changing jobs in 2022. Wow. I've been in the business of helping companies find the right fit talent for more than 35 years, and I have never experienced this phenomenon. So let me start with a very bold statement. Emotions are driving the great resignation, and I can prove it. Okay, big statement, but let's start here. First, ask yourself why so many people are leaving their jobs. Is it due to getting higher paying jobs somewhere else? Well, that could be the case. But 15 million people? A large number like that is not a trend. It's a movement. In human history, we see trends. Fashion, that's a great example of a trend that's easy to see. But this, this is a massive movement of people to something new. And It's much bigger than a trend. So this whole movement concept, you know, we saw it in the pioneers who moved out west. We have seen another as the world has become a global marketplace. Another as technology has changed our lives. These are huge movements. I cannot remember the last time I sent a fax to somebody or watched a movie on VHS. Okay, for those asking what VHS is, just Google it. You can you can learn from there. The difference between a trend and a movement is the power and sustainability behind it, the magnitude of what's going on. I doubt I will ever have another fax machine or a handheld cassette recorder or a non-digital camera. Why? Because the allure of the new, the benefits of the advanced technology have made some things at least obsolete in my mind. So back to the question of why so many people have left their jobs in the past 12 months, it's because something has become obsolete or at least painful in their minds. What is that thing? Well, part of it is the traditional workplace. I work with business owners every week. I consult, I coach, I develop, I train, and I do searches for clients who want to have help finding what I call the right fit person for a key role. 
And that that's fit to the position, fit to the team, fit to the organization, fit to the culture. And there's a lot of moving parts in there that are very important to get the right fit. When they cannot afford to get it wrong, that's when they reach out to me. I simply have a unique perspective and insight into the employment world. I speak to hundreds of candidates over a period of a few months. I get to talk to these candidates every week. In the past year, I've added a question, a very simple question, to the questions that I ask when I do an interview. Tell me why you are considering a change. I get many different answers, but the one that is consistent across most interviews goes something like this. I have had the opportunity to think about where I am today, and I want more. For the purpose of distilling down to the essence of what is driving this change, those are the answers that I'm getting. So let's do a quick thought exercise. Ask yourself, what do you think they want more of? Come up with one or two things that you think people are seeking when they say, I want more. And then just prioritize those. What do you think's number one? What's number two? What's number three? Have you got those in mind? I've been doing that basically for the first year of the pandemic. Then I started ask, actually asking the question. Instead of just me trying to think it out, I've actually asked the question of people. And again, that question, tell me why you're considering a change. So I'm going to give you the top three answers, and these are not in any priority order, that I have been hearing. I'm not satisfied here. I want something more. I'm not appreciated for what I do. I don't want to go back into the office. Why can't I keep working from home where I have the freedom to be more productive and more satisfied. Notice what's missing in this list. More money, better benefits. They do show up on the list, but they're quite a bit further down the list of the reasons people are making a change. So let's look at what's behind these top three answers. Not satisfied. Satisfaction is an emotional driver. I'm not appreciated. Appreciation is an emotional driver. Why can't I keep working from home where I have the freedom to be more productive and satisfied? Freedom, the perception of freedom, and satisfaction are emotional drivers. To be fair, these emotional drivers for job transition have always been there. So what is going on right now that is causing all of this movement? Let's take a deeper look into the drivers behind the Great Resignation, and then we will answer the question whether this is a crisis or an opportunity. Why this movement? And why now? There are specific events in history that make the entire world pause 
even stop and people look up from their normal routine and they start to wonder and question and consider and evaluate times when people truly take the time to reflect on where they are, what is going on around them, what they should think about that, what what they should feel about that, and eventually, what should they do about that? The COVID pandemic has been one of those rare moments, thank goodness, but it's been one of those rare moments in time when people stop and think and consider and start to attach meaning to things and start to uh, generate emotions around their thoughts and, and the meaning that they attach to them. In the previous episode, we explored the way our brains work. We get input of some kind that provides information, then our brain assigns meaning to that input. From that information and meaning, specific emotions are generated. And then we act. We make a decision and we act. Of course, this generally happens in in a few seconds or even a split second for that matter, in a very short period of time. So going back to this this event in history, this, this is not a transient event. It has gone on for years at this point with no identifiable end in sight. This type of continual disruption to routine and to lifestyle becomes embedded and starts to create new neural pathways. Okay, I promise I'm not going to geek out on this brain science here, but I think it's important to understand what's going on in the brain. Um, Think of neural pathways being like muscles that you go to the gym and, and work out so you can get stronger muscles. Well, the more you focus on something in your brain, the stronger that that neural pathway becomes. So you can start to see how that can impact the way you make decisions, the context uh, of what you believe about what's going on in the world and what to do about it. There, There are some real specific impacts from creating these neural pathways. And sometimes... When we have a movement like this, when we have an event in history that creates that moment in time when people have their normal routines and lifestyles disrupted, it can change the course of a lot of things. Let me give you an example. Have you ever seen someone do something that looks very difficult, but they do it so fast and seem not to even think about it when they do it. Sometimes people call that muscle memory. But guess where muscle memory starts? That's right. It starts in the brain. Back to our question. Why this massive movement in the workforce? Because people have learned new things. They've experienced success in new ways. They have had time to break out of old routines and look at what is possible. And maybe the most important thing to consider, the world has changed. 
There is so much more we could explore on this topic today, but I want to get to the big question. Is the Great Resignation a crisis or is it an opportunity? Well, the answer to that is yes, it's both. And a lot of that depends on perspective and what you do with it. Consider the person who changes jobs and finds a place they can attain those things they are truly seeking. Huge opportunity for them. Consider the organization that is trying to get people back in the office and it's losing employees because of that. Big time crisis. Consider the employee who stays in their job when so many others have left and their workload goes up while the support goes down. Serious crisis. Consider the organization that has deliberately embraced the changes in the workplace and becomes the go-to place for people seeking jobs in that industry. Amazing opportunity. So what determines if it will be a crisis or an opportunity? Well, it really boils down to a few really simple things. The agility, the influence, ability, the resilience, the innovation, the collaboration, the risk tolerance, and frankly, the willingness to embrace change that either the individual or the organization has. If if you kind of tie that all together... We call it change readiness. It's the ability to embrace change. It doesn't mean you have to love the change, but you're willing to engage with it. You're willing to embrace it. Why do so many people fear change? Well, it comes down to uncertainty. You know, I recently did an episode on uncertainty, and I highly recommend you go and listen to that one because I think it really answers or at least explores a lot of the the human side of how we react to uncertainty. And there are many ways that we can can change that dynamic. I see owners of organizations who are afraid to move forward and change because the old models used to work so well. Emphasis on used to. They're not working so well right now. I have heard many different owners say to me, the old ways we did things are not working as well today. Well, step back and think about that. There's probably a good reason for that. The world has changed. The The mindset has changed. Why are so many employees leaving work and seeking new employment? Primarily because the pain of staying the same has become greater than the pain of changing. I'm going to say that again a little differently because it's one of those foundational truths about people. People will not change until the pain of staying the same is greater than the pain of the change. And a whole bunch of people have acted on that recently and moved to new employment or simply left the workplace. Those decisions are remaking the workplace. 
with some very interesting outcomes. Let's look deeper at what all of this means. So, remember my bold claim at the front of this episode? Emotions are driving the great resignation, and I can prove it. Actually, it's not much of a risk to say that, because emotions are the primary driver for decision-making. Now, you may or may not agree with that. Just stay with me for a moment. Emotions are the energy to drive the decision-making process. The decision itself may be based on many things, logic, reasoning, facts, details, and yes, how you feel about all of those facts and details and logic. I want to take the next few minutes and speak directly to two different groups. Let me start with people who are considering leaving their current employment for something else. So if this is you, I'm sure this has been on your mind for some time. The first thing I want you to do is a little exercise. Now, you may have to stop listening for a minute and and get a piece of paper out, and I would highly encourage that. And you may not be at a place where you can do that right now. Please don't do that if you're driving. Uh, we, We have enough issues on the roads as it is. But when you get the chance, Get out a piece of paper or get on your computer and make two columns. Label one column reasons to leave and label the second column how I feel about that reason. So the next step is just write down the reasons you're considering leaving your current job. Be honest with yourself. And also when we get to the second column, the, the how I feel about that reason. Be honest with yourself about that as well. Then I want you to write the emotions you're having about each of those reasons. So for instance, if I were to say, the reason I'm leaving is because I really don't like my boss. Well, then write the emotions down that are tied to that reason. And when you do that, After you write those emotions down, I want you to rate it. Rate it on a scale of 1 to 10, with 10 being the most intense, highest level of intensity of that emotion. And just just rate those emotions for yourself. That'll give you an objective approach to really thinking through the thoughts, the meaning, the emotions you're having around all of that before you take the action. This exercise will do some important things for you. It'll make you be realistic in your reasons for leaving and the emotions attached to those. It will give you clarity on what you do and don't like or want. It will give you a target for the job you do want. It will actually start to create a target, something what we call a selection criteria that you can use for the next opportunity. It will give you something to measure jobs you might be considering that will keep you on track with what you really want. All of that is important if you're going to make a good decision. Now, for a minute, let me me speak to that other group, owners and leaders of organizations. 
I want you to do a similar exercise, but from a different perspective. Take that same sheet of paper or, or get on your computer, label column one, that we're going to make two columns again, label one column the way we do things, label the second column negotiable or non-negotiable. What do I mean by that? A non-negotiable, if you rate something, you know, like an item in the way we do things, if you say it's non-negotiable, it means it's something that you absolutely will not change under any circumstances, no matter what happens. That's what I mean by non-negotiable. Now, write down in that first column all of the elements included in the way that we do things. And this could be a lot of things, so feel free to combine where you can. Now, this is critical. You must have on the way we do things a few key items, and let me list those for you. Number one is work location. Does it have to be in the office? Is it, in, is it virtual? Is it a hybrid right now? What is it? And how will it stay, or where do you want it to go? Number two, meetings. How do you conduct meetings, their location? Number three, employee development. Number four, benefits. Number five, compensation model. Number six, hiring model. Number seven, company events. Number eight, sales model. Now, I went through those quickly, but you can stop the recording. You can listen to that uh, and, and write those down. Why are those key elements in there? Because they are some of the foundational elements of running any organization. And there are more. There, there are financial elements. There are, there are administrative elements. There are many different things you could add in here. I think you start to get the idea of where we're headed. In the second column, you're going to decide if the way you do things is changeable, is it negotiable, or is it absolutely not changeable? Is it a non-negotiable? After doing this, add up the number of non-negotiable items you have. Is it a lot? Is it very few? This is a quick way to gauge your change readiness. Change readiness is a critical factor. The reason I took you through both of these exercises is more than just the exercise itself. Let me ask you an important question here. How did you feel as you worked through that exercise? Even if you only did a short version while you were listening, the emotions that were generated as you thought through that or as you have worked through that are very important. Those, those feelings are actual emotional drivers that are already in place for the specific items uh, that you had listed. Being aware of those starts to open the door to new possibilities and new options. If you make this a realistic exercise, it will give you some real insight into where your mindset is right now. And I cannot stress enough how critical mindset is. If you have a mindset 
of we have to go back to the old way of doing things as an organizational owner or leader, those models are not working as well anymore. Now, it's it's entirely your choice, but for every decision, for every action, there are consequences. And the great resignation is an excellent example of that. This is a unique moment in time when millions of people are seeking something more, something new. It's an incredible opportunity for organizations to remake themselves. And I know that may be an uncomfortable thought, but there is no better time to do that than right now. To become the workplace that everybody wants to work in, to become more agile and resilient, which, by the way, creates a huge competitive advantage in the marketplace. I'm going to say that one more time. If your organization can become agile and resilient and change embracing, you have then created a huge competitive advantage in the marketplace. You've also created the start of a pipeline for talent where people start knocking on your door asking, what do you have available? Instead of you having to go seek talent and and vie for talent in a marketplace that's very difficult. This is also the time for people who are thinking about making a change to be smarter with their emotions, to identify what is really driving them and, and seek out what's important to them. Here's another thought. What if you as an employee took those desires you have and brought them to your current leadership in your current organization? Not as a threat to leave, but as a leader in your own right who has a sincere desire to improve the organization and the culture you've invested yourself in. What if you step up and say something? There is rarely only one option. The limitations usually come from within, not from without. I tell people all the time, don't self-limit. Other people will be happy to try and put limits on you. And we've all experienced that. Don't self-limit. Has the pain of staying the same become greater than the pain of the change for you? Let me leave you with this. If you ever wanted to try something new as far as a, a new direction in your career, this is an amazing time to do that. So many opportunities out there. If you ever wanted to take your organization in a new direction, this is the amazing time to do that. The old is gone. The new is here. And history has shown us that the new is what we make out of it. Do you want to determine the new reality for yourself or Are you okay with someone else determining the new reality for you? That's something to think about as you continue your journey. Today is a new day. Opportunities we never dreamed of are now possible. What is your dream? 
Thank you for joining us for this episode of Building Healthy Organizations by EQ Fit. We do understand how the human brain works and how that impacts behavior in the workplace. I hope you'll subscribe so you don't miss any future episodes as we journey together on this pathway to building a healthy organization. Also, check us out on YouTube at the same name, Building Healthy Organizations by EQ Fit. And for additional information, feel free to visit our website, gscfit.com.